ESG has exploded into compliance and business consciousness. Join Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, on the ESG Report and learn about sustainability risks, opportunities, and issues that business leaders and compliance professionals need to know about regarding ESG. Welcome to another episode. We're going to take things in a little bit different direction today, but I think it's going to be fascinating because I have with me today Charity Burrow. Charity, first of all, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm very excited about this. I'm not quite sure I've ever had anyone from your business on any of my podcasts and I got a lot of them. So with that, (laughs) why don't you tell us what you do? Okay. I live in central Wisconsin, very rural, and we build tiny houses. We want to share our lifestyle with other people who are very much driven to want to be more environmentally positive. They want to live a little more green and a little bit more simple with less stress in their life, less dependency upon the outside world to provide for their needs. And so we've designed some systems that help people do just that. And it's a load of fun. So I was really introduced to this topic during the pandemic, not because I desired to live in one, (laughs) but because I found a lot of TV shows that talked about off-grid living, that talked about tiny homes, that talked about construction, that talked about the lifestyle. Would my experience be similar to most people or did you have a kind of a very loyal following long before the pandemic and the pandemic didn't change it one way or the other? We actually went off grid before the pandemic. This is something I have wanted to do since I was about 15 years old. So I'd been sitting on it for 30, 35 years. And one day I had a pretty scary medical situation and I got tired of depending upon everybody else around me to provide for me because I'm like, I'm fully capable of providing for myself. And seeing as life can be very fleeting at times, I wanted to live my dream. So my husband and I, we made the decision and we said, okay, let's go off grid. We went a little hardcore. We had to build our own systems. We're ahead of our time on that one. In our area, it wasn't super popular. So access to solar systems and wind systems, it just, it was really hit and miss. So we built our own system from the ground up. We started with one teeny tiny panel, one battery, and five teenagers, as you can imagine, It didn't go over all that great with them, but it was very eye-opening because we all learned together as a family how to create what we needed without dependency upon anyone else. So now when a storm comes through, power's out, we're the only one on the street with power. Like we, we just, if we run out of power, it's because we forgot to do something instead of getting mad at an outside company. So then the pandemic hit. And there was a big influx because I think a lot of people were faced with the fact that they had become so dependent on utility companies, the government, and all these outside sources. And all of a sudden, they're left very helpless. What do we do? We don't know how to handle this. I think the pandemic, that's a positive that came out of it, is because it actually brought back into awareness for people that, hey, you can create your own life. You can provide for yourself. You're fully capable. We all can do this. And there's been a huge influx in accessibility to solar systems, wind, hydro, and all this cool technology that we can put into these houses. And I'm grateful for that. I wish we didn't have to go through what we had to go through in order to get there. 
but I am super grateful because it is bringing a lot of awareness to minimizing more or less how excessive we've become. Don't get me wrong. I like the 5,000 and 10,000 square foot houses. They're very nice. They're also a lot of work. They're a lot of maintenance and we end up incurring a lot of stuff we just don't need. So this does also allow you to simplify on that aspect where then you just have more time freedom, money freedom, just freedom all around to go and explore the great world around us. And that is one major plus that we really love is we spend a lot more times outdoors. I don't even think we've left our home state yet. There's just so much to see here and it's so much fun. And it's probably brought us back to more of that childhood curiosity and that excitement and you sleep good at night. And you get a little nervous with the weather, you know, you're off grid, you don't have the heat like everybody else does, but you just prepare for it. You know, it, it's just take an extra step, make sure you got some wood for the stove or whatever it is you need to do and ride it out and enjoy it the best you can. So that's how it got started. And I am grateful for the pandemic in that avenue. So we've talked about so far in this podcast, the lifestyle, what there's more to this podcast than just the lifestyle because we met through a group called C-Suite Radio mm -hmm. and you and your husband have an entire business around this. Yes. And I want to talk about the business you guys have. Okay. And I want to talk about how you source your materials, how you construct, how you can actually individualize each one of your tiny homes sure. for your clients and customers. So first of all, what's the business you guys have? Okay, so our business is Twisted Willows Outfitters, and we are literally the outfitters for life. And what do you guys construct? Oh, goodness. All sorts of stuff. <laughs> our rule of thumb is if you can think it, we can build it. So we have one division where I'm sure everybody's heard of like the den cave or the, the man caves, the diva dens, the in-law houses, things like that. We can easily do that. We can build brand new traditional homes very easily. That is our jam. We've built a restaurant in the One World Trade Center in Manhattan. So we know we're fully capable of going commercial as well. We've designed display cases for some popular men's soap companies that are found nationwide. If we can get a clear vision as to what our customer and our client desires, we can build it. And we really wanted to take that avenue one step further and start building some quality tiny houses. And we lovingly call them bougie builds or bug out trailers because ultimately we want to cater to the people who want to live free, but we also want to give people who want the more traditional lifestyle as well. So we can actually take these and say, Tom, you come to me and you're like, okay, I want a house that's only 500 square feet, but I don't want to lose my luxuries. I like my lifestyle. Okay, we can do that. We can actually design that. So it's completely efficient. And the materials we use, I am so grateful for all of our suppliers and our connections and the ability to partner with people to really make this a lot more environmentally friendly because I don't do well knowing I leave a big old crater imprint on the planet. I really do want to help the planet be more sustainable so that we can live cohesively on this planet and not implode the planet at the same time. So how do you source environmentally friendly materials? Okay. So number one, being a woodworker by trade, I already know I'm taking down trees. And so I do try to use a lot of lumber that's already been knocked down. 
whether it's been in a storm or whatever, so that we're not clear cutting land and then not replacing it. The other important part is where we get our lumbers from. It depends upon what is their farming techniques. Do they cut down and then replace right away? Are they continuously refeeding the forest? What are they doing to make an impact? So I actually research all of my suppliers. I don't just go with their mission statements or whatnot. I want to make sure that they're being sustainable just like we are. I also know that a lot of my finishes, a lot of people go for like the aluminum oxides and super durable, not knocking them. I go with lacquer. Lacquer is a tree-based product. It is another product that they can take from the waste of a tree. So I'm literally putting a tree back on a tree. And I like that because now I'm using more of the lumber that we're sourcing. And I'm getting just as good of a finish, just as durable. And in most cases, a lot of my stuff's actually waterproof because I've figured out how to do that too. I try to put filtration systems on. A lot of times with lacquer, they don't off-gas in the house. So I know that when you put in a floor that I've made, you're not going to get sick from the off-gassing that comes off of the materials. Aluminum oxide tends to do that sometimes, where all of a sudden you'll start getting sick for 30 days. It's because your floor is letting off fumes. And I don't want to make my clients sick. I want to help you live better. So our paints, we go local for a lot of our stuff. It is very big for us to be support the home team. That's my husband's little statement right there. So wherever we are building, we always try to source locally around there and make sure that they have as many environmentally friendly practices in place as we do. Because the more we all work on this, the better we can be at it. We can provide better products, safer products, and we can also help the planet sustain a lot better that way. And it's just a lot less toxic. We got the you got the water problems, you got the air problems right now. We really aren't gung-ho on contributing to that ourselves. So we're in the process of upgrading to a very large facility, and we plan on taking that fully off-grid and being fully sustainable when we are at full operation. Solar, wind, hydro, you name it, whatever it takes, we plan on powering it as many ways off the grid as we possibly can. Do you build in your current location or do you build off-site at the location of the client slash customer? If it is a private build, now, like Tom say, you come to me and you want a private build, we will build at our location for that because we can completely take our time with it. We can have you come in. If it is a community build, which those are becoming very big, and I'm so excited about that because it's it's going to help solve a lot of the housing issues we have in this country. Those, we will outsource a lot of the product. Our suppliers know exactly what we need. They build to our specs. We truck everything in and then we assemble everything. And it's just as airtight, just as efficient as anything we would have built on or in our own warehouse. So we can do both, really. I want to pick up on the community builds for housing. I also live in a rural area and I was pretty stunned to find, although I thought about it, I would realize one of the big issues here is housing and the cost of housing and the complete barrier to entry of younger people to mm. housing. Yes. The average house price in my town is north of $350,000. And a young married couple don't have the money for the down payment. They mm. probably don't have the money for the monthly payment. So how can someone like you or the concept of a tiny house really work to help. And this is not a Texas problem or a West Texas problem. This is a U.S. Right. problem. Yes. How can we use this to help the housing problem? So 
in that avenue, there's a couple different ways that we're looking at it. We can either buy a big parcel of land and we can put a bunch of these up and we can rent them out. We can do land contracts or we can sell them direct. If somebody wants to get their hands on their own land, which I already know land prices are astronomical too. It's crazy here in Wisconsin. You can get the land and then we work with you to fit the land that you're putting the house on. And then we incorporate the different systems that's going to help the house pay for itself over the life of the loan and over the life that you own the house. And a lot of people, they look at the price tag of these houses and they're like, oh, it's a tiny house. It should be a tiny price tag. That's not really how it works. I really wish it was. But in order to have a quality house, we meet all codes. We always look into all the codes of where the house is going. We want to meet electrical standards, plumbing standards. Those are headaches no homeowner wants. I don't care how big or tiny your house is. You don't want to wake up to a broken pipe. So we always employ licensed plumbers, licensed electricians. We have certain standards we meet because with it being a tinier house on top of it, fire is an issue. Okay. And with it being smaller, that means you have even less time to get out in case of a fire. So your exit plans are going to be a little tighter. We do fireproof all of our homes like crazy from the ground up. The only thing not fireproofed are our tires on the house. So we are trying to take every measure we can to make them safe. Now, say a young couple comes in and says, okay, I want to buy one. We don't need anything excessive. 500 square feet should be fine. And they might be looking at the price tag going, how is this going to save money? If you go with one of our systems, it's off grid and we have multiple ways to create power and we have redundant systems that are in line. So if for some freak reason, one system goes down, the next one kicks in and you don't even notice it. And in that, when you look at the cost of a utility bill, and I don't think many of us look at this, and this was eye opening for me as well. The average homeowner will spend right around $5,600 a year on public utilities, electric, heat, all the stuff that we've come to know as just part of life. And if you span that over a 30-year mortgage, you will literally spend right around $169,000 just in utilities. That pays for the house in itself, like easily, hands down, the whole house just paid for itself. And on top of it, you don't have a power bill you have to worry about. You, do, you have independent utilities. You never have to worry about the grid going down because you are creating your own power. You can create that system to be as big or as small as you want. So the savings from that avenue is astronomical. Then you look at the fact that we are handcrafting these houses from top-notch building techniques. And we're incorporating codes. So you don't have to worry about anything getting denied. You don't have to worry about septic pumps or sewer hookups or water hookups or anything like that because these houses are fully independent so you, it all takes care of itself which is super nice but ultimately the quality of your build is really going to matter because if somebody cuts corners and puts up a wall subpar and that wall falls down now it's your responsibility as the homeowner to put the wall back up so these houses that are getting pushed out really fast are starting to nickel and dine people to death. And people are frustrated with that. We look at insulation, quality of windows, safety features are really big because it's not exactly the safest place in the, the plan. It's just, there's weird people out there and you have to worry about stalkers and robbers. And it, it's always in the back of everyone's head. 
So we go that extra measure, make sure your security system's intact, your locks are solid, your screens are super durable. Some of our houses have even been impact resistant so that you can't smash a window, you can't break through a wall. And it's all this little stuff that people don't look at that we want to make sure that our clients actually have because it increases the value of the house, improves your resale value, it gives you equity out of the gate. And then automatically you feel safe. And there's a lot of times I can't put a price tag on how when I feel safe. And I know other people are. I'm a mom. We had five kids. My, my family's safety was always a top priority. And anytime I felt unsafe, things would go weird. So I don't want young couples just starting out to have to worry about that stuff. And if I can save them money out of the gate so that they can live a life that they love a little more, and maybe invest their money in what they want to invest in instead of paying a utility company five, $600 a month because it's hot out, then I've done good. And I can save people big amounts of money. Even our roofs, our 50-year roofs, that'll hold up in 180 mile an hour winds. So it's wild how we can actually save you from having to make insurance claims on top of it. So you talked about the materials. Could you tell us about your craftsmen and workers? Yes. Where do you find them? How long have they been with you? And are they as passionate about this as you are? Oh, some days I think they're more passionate. <laughs> so I was trained by my dad, who is a master carpenter. He, we, Him and I, we used to build million-dollar houses when I was a kid. It was so much fun. I just thought it was a game. Turns out it was a passion I ended up loving. So I honed my craft, gotten very good at it. I research everything. My husband is a lifelong contractor himself, got started as a lumberjack. So this is the fun part is we can literally take a tree down in your yard, dry it, lumber it up and turn it into something for your house. So we literally, we run the whole gamut. My team has been hand selected. I knew what I wanted for a team and I wanted people who were just as passionate as I am, but who knew their stuff. Technology, I don't have time to learn all of that. I'm very curious. I'm not opposed to education, but technology is, that's a rabbit hole that'll suck you in pretty quick. So my tech guy is out of the Navy. He was electronic Warcraft. So he knows all the ins and outs on how to set these systems up, build them, and build them specific to what our clients want. He knows how to run them redundantly. He starts talking and I'm like, whoa, dude, you are so cool. And he loves it. He lights up and he gets excited and he breaks out in a sweat and he's just, oh, I got to create stuff. And he loves to do that kind of stuff. My head of sales guy, Justin, is he loves people so much. He gives the best bear hugs on the planet. Like he's just, I love you. And he just hugs everybody. He is so passionate. He wants to make sure that people are happy, safe, and secure. And for him, he has young children. He has a wife. So he almost takes our clients in as his own family. And he's just, let's make this so that you are 100% comfortable. Without him, I don't know how we'd make half the relationships we do. And then the rest of our staff has just been handpicked by everybody who works there. If we know them, we know their character, we know their work habits. And we do build a lot of our employment systems so that people only work 32 hours a week. I know it's different from everyone else, but they also get access to our houses. So if they want to go play, you need time to go play and enjoy that sucker. So go take some extra time off and go have fun. If someone comes in and says, hey, my kids are sick, 
not a problem. Take some time off. I want to make sure that when you come in, you are present, you are excited, you aren't worried about your family. If you need extended time off, not a problem, we'll cover. We'll figure this out. I might text you a couple times and ask what's going on, but we'll figure it out, I promise. My logistics guy, he loves getting everything set up for us. The inventory, making the connections, finding all of that. And watching my team come together and light up the way they do in their own lanes and then come together and create these masterpieces is so much fun because it's almost like we're molding clay together. And we're just a bunch of kids having a good time, helping other people fully enjoy their lives however they see fit. And watching people get creative when they realize, wait a minute, I can create my house the way I want? You can. It's pretty cool. And just helping people light that up is... It's incredible. I love it. Charity, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. But before we leave, if anyone wanted more information on yourself or your business or what you guys do, what would be the best places for them to go? One of the best places would be our website. That's www.dencaveandcabin.com. You can access any of us on that website through email, phone numbers, any of that. Otherwise, you're always welcome to email me at w or the finish girl at twisted willows outfitters.com charity this has just been a fascinating and totally fun mm -hmm. episode i wanted to thank you for reaching out and i look forward to continuing this conversation yes thank you so much tom i appreciate it this is tom fox again thank you so much for listening to this episode of the esg report if you've enjoyed this episode i hope you'll subscribe rate and review this podcast wherever great podcasts are listened to the ESG Report is a part of the award-winning Compliance Podcast Network. If you'd like to be a part of the network, please give me a shout at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Hope you look forward to the next episode of the ESG Report.